I really admire Ricardo Tichy. I think what he's doing is sort of modern and forward-thinking and brave. And I just thought that's that's what I wanted to embrace at the Oscars, those principles. And, um, and he suggested red, and I said, let's go for it. That is the most important question, the most important thing you hear at the Oscars these days. Questions about fashion, questions about who are you wearing, questions about who designed your dress. Hello and welcome to the Brian Lilly Podcast. I am Brian Lilly and the Oscars were rocking Hollywood last night. There was a push on before the award show even began to try and say, let's stop just asking the women especially about who designed their dress. Actresses such as Reese Witherspoon saying, you know what, we are about more than our dresses. Hey, fantastic. So the Twitter hashtag, everything comes with a Twitter hashtag these days, doesn't it? Hashtag Ask Her More was put out there to try and say that women should be asked about more than their clothing. I applaud them. Absolutely. Reese Witherspoon has far more interesting things to say than who designed her dress. And I think that for most of the actresses there, that's what they would rather talk about. Uh, given the amount of time they spend on their, their dresses, maybe they, maybe they want to give a shout out. Apparently a lot of thought goes into what to wear to the Oscars, what to wear on the red carpet. And I have to say... So many of the women look beautiful. I'm sure they'd like to get the compliment, but they wanted to talk about more than that. Now, one woman in particular decided she was going to talk about much more than that and turned her acceptance speech into, I think she thought it was going to be a call for political action. Instead, for anyone with a brainstem, it's really a call of political hypocrisy from the left. Patricia Arquette, millionaire actress, standing up and being cheered on by more millionaires as she calls for wage equality in America. Listen to this excerpt from her acceptance speech. This is where she got political at the end. To every woman who gave birth, to every taxpayer and citizen of this nation, we have fought for everybody else's equal rights. It's our time to have wage equality once and for all and equal rights for women in the United States of America. All right, so what's wrong with calling for wage equality? Don't we all want men and women to make the same money? Well, as a father of two sons and two daughters, yeah, I want them to be making the same money if they're doing the same job. Men and women shouldn't be paid differently for for doing the same kind of work, but that's... Okay, let me start off first off with Arquette's particular situation. Her net worth is pegged at $24 million by the website Celebrity Net Worth. When she was on The Medium, a TV show that ran from 2005 to 2011, she played uh, a psychic who helped the, the Phoenix DA's office solve criminal cases. She reportedly made $225,000 per episode, or about $5 million a year. She was being cheered on in the front row by the loudest. Everyone's commenting on how loud Meryl Streep was cheering. This is a woman that's net worth is estimated at $65 million and makes $10 million a picture. The median household income in America is $53,000. That's median household income. That means men, women, everyone living together as a family, the median's $53,000. And you've got people that make 
ten million dollars a picture, five million dollars a season on a TV show, saying it's time for wage equality in America. I mean, we know that the left, which Hollywood is absolutely a part of the left, that they love to bring up this issue for some reason and say, we need, we need to have, we need to have wage equality. There needs to be wage parity. Well, it doesn't matter that they, they show no shame in actually following through on that. Several reports over the last few years have pointed out that the Obama White House pays male employees 13% more. The average uh, White House employee who's male uh, earns $88,600, according to the Washington Post, versus $78,400. Now, this is, again, according to the Washington Post, 13% gap between what men earn and what women earn. Why? Well, the White House likes to say that there's several different ways to look at this. But they don't like to answer the fact that, well, men and women should all learn the same thing, right? No, it depends on what job you're doing. You know, I've actually heard people say that there is uh, wage disparity between pilots and flight attendants. And that this is due to sexism because pilots are uh, more predominantly male, flight attendants are predominantly female. Well, as someone that flies a fair bit, I think that the pilot is a bit more important and I don't care if the pilot's a man or a woman, a woman, and quite often you're seeing more women flying, but I think the pilot's a more important job, and I'm fine with the pilot getting paid more than the flight attendant. The left doesn't see it that way. They see men and women. They see job. They see that you should make the same income. But as Christina Hoff Summers points out in several articles, reading one from Time right now called Five Feminist Myths That Will Not Die, She says it doesn't matter how often the wage gap claim is made that women earn 77 cents on the dollar for doing the same work, that that it just won't die. As she points out, this isn't true. When uh, relevant factors such as um, full-time, part-time work, overtime, the type of occupation, the number of years on the job, education, when all of these factors are considered meaning you compare apples to apples, the wage, garrow, the wage gap narrows to the point of vanishing. I was reading one, uh, one HR website that, that put it down to between 2 and 4% is the actual wage gap. And quite a bit of that can be explained by men working more hours per week. Because when you look at yearly earnings, such as so-and-so in this job makes $50,000 a year, well, a man makes 52000 and the woman makes, on average, fifty. A lot of that can be explained by overtime. Men are more likely to take overtime. Men are more likely to work longer hours than women. Why? Quite often it has to do with family. Men feeling they need to earn extra money to pay for the family. Women feeling they need to be home for the family. But on average, that, that's, that is a small gap. $2,000 a year when you can consider that you're quite often told that it's a uh, uh, 77 cents on the dollar. That's not 77 cents on the dollar. That's them earning the same amount of money, but the man working more hours, therefore getting paid more. The hypocrisy of the left on this is stunning. And to see a woman that makes $5 million 
who talked about the movie that she was in, Boyhood. She talked about being paid so little for the movie. Uh, one interview said she paid out more in babysitter fees and dog walkers than she got paid for the movie. It was shot over 12 years, and then we take a little bit of time each year and do some filming. It, she says it cost her more. You know why she was able to do that? Because she made so much bloody money in television. And for her to turn around and then say there needs to be wage equality, with who? Do we all get a cut of your wages, Miss Socialist? Patricia Arquette comes from a long line of Hollywood actors. Or at least a family, maybe not a long line. She's not like the Barrymores. But the Arquettes have been in Hollywood quite a while. Her father was in The Waltons, Fantasy Island, all kinds of TV shows in the 70s. Her and her brother and her sister all went into Hollywood as well. They've all done quite well. Are they A-list stars? I would say no, and there's a reason for that. They're not that good. Patricia Arquette had a good performance in Boyhood, I take it. I haven't seen the movie. But on the whole, she is not a, she's not a top-tier actor. She's pretty good, but she's not a top-tier actor. And she has still, according to Celebrity Net Worth, Amassed a fortune of $24 million, makes $5 million a year when she does TV, and can afford to do vanity projects like Boyhood. Wage equality in America. Wage equality in America. Maybe, Miss Arquette, what you need is a little dose of reality and a break from the pampered life you're leading. This is the Brian Lilly Podcast. Do check us out, facebook.com slash Lilly or brianlilly.com. we got more to come on both the Oscars and Ontario politics and, well, we'll see. More to come. I wanted him to stay involved, and yes, I would have been very pleased if he had worked beside us to get Glenn elected. But at no time was I prepared to offer him anything to do so. Pat Sarbera, particularly, is a seasoned professional and a woman of integrity. I will not force someone to resign in the face of allegations that I do not believe to be true. Richard, you're making patronage the same thing as an attempted bribery allegation. That's considerably different, Preet. Well, you know what? We can have that semantic discussion. We can have that semantic discussion. Well, you know what? I've made my statement. Ontario Premier Kathleen Wynne, that was on Friday, talking about, well, her non-bribery, bribery allegation. She didn't do anything. She's just trying to keep a young man involved in the system but wasn't really offering him a job sort of thing in relation to the Sudbury by-election. Hello and welcome back to the Brian Lilly Podcast. I'm Brian Lilly. If you haven't been following this story, Ontario's Premier sent two people to go see a candidate who wanted to run in the February 5th Sudbury by-election. They offered him whatever job he wanted that the Premier could give him, essentially. And since then, since those recordings have been made public of those conversations, Kathleen Wynne's been doing her best to say she didn't do anything wrong, but let's listen to the tape again. I come to you on behalf of the Premier and on behalf of Justin Thibault, for, or indirectly, to ask you if you would consider stepping down, even more than that, Andrew, nominating him 
In the course of that deliberation, uh, the Premier wants to talk to you. They would like to present to you options in terms of uh, appointments, jobs, whatever, that you and her and Pat Sabera can talk about. We don't have to decide overnight, right? There's lots of options that we can sit down and talk about. I mean, I gotta, we're all going to be up to Sudbury many times. We can sit down and you know talk that through. And just We should have the broader discussion about what what is it that you'd be most interested in doing and then decide what, what shape that could take that would fulfill that is what I'm getting at, whether it's a full-time or part-time job at a consent office, whether it is appointments to boards or commissions, whether it is also going on the exact direct. There's lots of, but I, I would just, we would just need to better understand, you know, what, what, what is it that uh, you most want to do. So then on Friday, Wynne came out saying that, uh, well, you know, sure, there, there, there might have been, there might have been a report that said that she, well, two of her people, Patricia Sorbera, that you heard in the conversation there, and Jerry Lougheed, uh, that, that they violated Section 96.1E of the Election Act of Ontario, the one that says you can't offer somebody a job, you can't offer them an appointment to step aside. But no, no, that's just semantics, she's saying. That's just semantics, and the chief electoral officer is wrong. Look, everyone gets to proclaim their innocence. We're all innocent until proven guilty. But you heard you heard the recordings there. You heard clearly them saying, what can we appoint you to? What do you like? What do you want to do? And her response, Kathleen Wynne's response is, nothing to see here. So today, today her government is going to be changing the channel. As I record this, I don't have... Uh, I don't have a copy of the new sex ed curriculum in Ontario, but that is what is going to be released online today. Just last week, the Premier had said it will be available in coming weeks. Not coming days, she said, in coming weeks. Now, with an actual scandal that she's got to deal with, she wants to change the channel, and she wants to get it onto the issue of sex ed. Now, they, they selectively leaked this new sex ed curriculum to the Toronto Star last week, and Reg Cohen did a great job of talking about how this is all about sexting and cyberbullying and things that nobody's really going to disagree with. No one's going to disagree that teaching kids you shouldn't send topless or nude photos of yourself around on your cell phones or your iPods and text them around to your friends because you never know where they'll land. No one's going to disagree with telling kids that's a bad idea, cut it out. But that's not the problem that most parents have had with this curriculum. And so watch for more from me on the Ontario sex ed curriculum and, and, and watch for people who will actually read it and talk about the things that matter. Like, are you teaching gender identity and gender fluidity? The idea that you might be a boy now, but you could be a girl later on. The idea that your gender isn't attached to your anatomy, that it's fluid and can change over time. Is that in there? And if so, at what age is it being taught? Because that's the problem with so much of this curriculum. What age is it being taught? Is it age appropriate? The curriculum that came out in 2010 and was pulled by former Premier Dalton McGuinty was not age appropriate. That was the complaint of a lot of parents. You're pushing stuff down too young, too early. And parents, parents know their children. We can't just listen to the experts which is what Reg Cohen and 
Kathleen Wynne and all the progressives want us to do. They want us to ignore parents. They want everything run by experts. The experts in the lives of children are their parents, with rare exception. So today, in Ontario politics, this is what's going to be going on. Instead of talking about when's the premier going to jail, or when will charges be laid against Pat Sorbera and Jerry Lougheed, hello, Ontario Provincial Police, yes, I'm talking to you. Instead of talking about that, she wants to talk about sex ed, because she knows that the biggest newspaper group in the province, and most of the reporters, they're going to side with her on this against those evil social conservatives when it comes to sex ed and and children. And they will frame this as a debate between parents and religious activists that don't want kids to learn anything about sex versus those that want kids to know what's going on. They keep pointing out that the, the, the sex ed curriculum was last updated in 1998. And as I keep asking, has sex changed since 1998? Did I not get the memo? It hasn't changed, but the activists have changed what they want kids to learn. If this is about sexting, that can easily be taught in any class, and there are there are already cyberbullying components taught in schools across the country on issues such as sexting and cyberbullying. You don't need a, a complete curriculum overhaul for that. But again, that's not the point. The point is to teach things and sneak in things that parents are going to be uncomfortable with and then brand those who oppose them as bigots. Like I said, at this point, as I record this, I do not have a copy of the new curriculum, but watch for uh, commentary on places like the rebel.media. That's the new video uh, and news website uh, being put together by uh, people like myself and Ezra Levant, Michael Korn, and others. Watch for commentary there and watch for commentary at the the website brianlilly.com. We'll continue to monitor that, and I'll continue to monitor for charges to be laid against Kathleen Wynne. This is the Brian Lilly Podcast, brianlilly.com, facebook.com slash brianlilly. Do make sure you click like there. Stick around. More to come. Well, first of all, I'm not questioning his patriotism. I'm He's a patriot, I'm sure. What I'm saying is that in his rhetoric, I very rarely hear him say the things that I used to hear Ronald Reagan say, the things I used to hear Bill Clinton say about how much he loves America. I do hear him criticize America much more often than other American presidents. That was former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani on Fox and Friends last week trying to explain himself on comments he made that, that Obama doesn't really love America the way other presidents have. And that got Giuliani in a bit of hot water, but now other comments have come to light, comments he made early in February, where he compared Barack Obama and his defense of the American people and American values to Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Take a listen. So now Giuliani is being raked over the coals over this. Again, he's questioning Barack Obama's patriotism. How dare he? And it's going to lead to a series of questions to Republican presidential nominee candidates. Do you agree with Mayor Giuliani? Do you agree with Rudy? 
And I find this fascinating for, for several reasons. Uh, one, Giuliani isn't a candidate. Two, when did it become the job of candidates to respond to absolutely everything somebody in their party said, somebody on their side of the political spectrum said? I don't remember this happening on the left as absolutely everybody, absolutely everybody questioned George Bush's intelligence as they questioned whether he should be in jail, should he be a war criminal. Barack Obama wasn't asked about all of that as in the lead up to the 2008 election as people on the left continued to, to make claims that Bush and Cheney should be in jail. That wasn't something that every Democratic candidate had to, had to answer for. But suddenly Rudy Giuliani is who everybody on the Republican side has to answer for. Why? Well, the answer's simple, and it's the same reason that Scott Walker, the governor of Wisconsin, prospective GOP candidate, or at least someone seeking the nomination for 2016, it's, it's why he's being asked, do you believe the president's a Christian? By none other than the Washington Post. It, Scott Walker's answer was, I don't know, I haven't talked to him about it. Walker was trying to make a point. Now this has become a big issue. Scott Walker doesn't know if the if Barack Obama's a, a Christian. Scott Walker was trying to make a point. Why are you asking me about the president's religion? It's not an issue. It's not an issue. Unless you're practicing gotcha journalism, unless you're just trying to get him to say something. And in the case of Washington Post, they're saying, well, we did get him to say something. He said, I don't know. And everyone knows Barack Obama's a Christian. Now, Walker's spokesperson later came out and said, of course, the governor knows that he's a Christian, but he's making a point that these sorts of questions are the reason that people hate Washington, the reason people hate the media. And I'm going to have to agree with that. What does Barack Obama's religion have to do with Scott Walker going to a meeting of the, the governors in D.C.? to talk about public policy, to talk about what's happening in the United States, what needs fixed in the United States. It's funny now that the media is interested in Barack Obama's Christianity because they weren't when Jeremiah Wright was standing up and saying, don't God bless America, God damn America. They weren't interested in that. They weren't interested in some of the crazy ramblings of Obama's pastor and preacher for 20 years, but now they're interested in his faith if they can use it to beat up on Scott Walker. This goes back to the hypocrisy of the left that I was talking about at the top of the show with Patricia Arquette's uh, ramblings about wage inequality in America. It's stunning the lengths that they will go to. It truly is. I don't think we've seen the last of these sorts of questions for GOP nominees. CPAC's coming up. You're going to see lots of uh, prospective candidates milling the hallways there. If the mainstream media bothers to show up, which they sometimes don't, not in any significant numbers, uh, Sun News Network used to provide more coverage of CPAC than most American networks. But if they do bother to show up, it's going to be to ask questions like that. Do you think the president's a Christian? Do you think there's life on Mars? Do you believe in evolution? What do you think of vaccines? And then when they answer that they're fine with the status quo on vaccines as, 
as Chris Christie did, as Rand Paul did, they'll be attacked for being radicals that don't believe in science, even though their actual statements reflect the status quo against across all of North America. This is the reality. I don't want to depress you too much. I want to leave you with something fun, something interesting, something to put a smile on your face. Uh, Patricia Arquette's acceptance speech was bizarre. The millionaires calling for wage equality and being cheered on by other millionaires. But there was a, an acceptance speech that was uplifting last night. And it came from the actor that won the, the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor, J.K. Simmons, for his role in Whiplash started talking about his wife and the wonderful children they've produced, and he called on his children to call their mother and then said, everyone should do the same. And if I may, call your mom, everybody. I'm told it's like a billion people or so. Call your mom, call your dad. If you're lucky enough to have a parent or two alive on this planet, call them. Don't text, don't email, call them on the phone, tell them you love them, and thank them, and listen to them for as long as they want to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you, Mom and Dad. That is something I can get on board with. So, hang up the headphones, call your mother, call your father. If if you, you are blessed to still have them, as he said, give them a phone call. I'll be doing that later today. I'm Brian Lilly. This has been the Brian Lilly Podcast. Do make sure that you're sharing this on, on social media. Email it to your friends. Let people know. Subscribe at the SoundCloud channel. And yes, we will try and get this into iTunes and other places soon. But in the meantime, thanks for listening. And remember, I'm on your side. <laughs>